Listen, if you dare, to the Lovecraft tapes. Welcome to the Lovecraft tapes podcast. This is case 14, Hypno. I am Jeremy, your keeper of arcane lore, and we play Chaosium's Call of Cthulhu, a role-playing game filled with cosmic horror, existential dread, and the sound of a clacking typewriter coming from the basement where, years ago, you packed up that half-finished great American novel alongside Mr. Tittles, your childhood teddy bear with one eye missing and a devilish grin sewn on its face that you knew, just knew, said he'll be back one day. Your investigators of the unknown are... Gabe, as Roy. I feel like I have to balance it out after that with a short hello. Matt, as Rocky. You know, they've always said good things about people who can, you know, be short and brief. And there's, you know, there's a famous saying once about brevity, and I don't, I don't quite recall how it goes. But he, Gabe is right. We really got to keep these short guys. It's, it's important. And Brian as Pippa. Hi. Welcome back, players. How is everybody doing tonight? Matt, you had to work right up to the deadline here? Yep. He's at work right now. As Notes have repeatedly told us, seasons change. And now we're headed into autumn here in the States. What's a tradition you have or an activity you engage in to celebrate fall each year? Well, I'll start us off. So after Labor Day, I usually take down our American flag because, you know, I'm such a freedom fighter. Put up a Halloween version of it. It has black and orange stripes and a big pumpkin. Then I buy a big old box of family-sized booberry, which I try to make last until October 31st. I also stock up on junior mints, popping them in the freezer, metering them out until spooky season is done. I'm always a night walker, but it seems like the frequency always goes up at fall. It's the perfect temperature for walking around at night. I like walking at night. Walking in the day sucks. I think most serial killers would agree with you. Living out where I do, I have access to a couple of genuine cider mills that spin up this time of year. So when fall rolls around, it's always the time of year to grab some fresh made apple cider and some homemade donuts. Because what goes better in fall than a cinnamon donut and some warm apple cider? I plan, design, build and run a haunted house. Well, listeners, if you'd like to provide feedback or praise or just say hi, drop us a letter from beyond on our website at lovecrafttapes.com. This show is brought to you in part by our generous fans and supporters on patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes. So thank you, folks. We're just beloved like that. Before we begin, we need to take a quick commercial break. And now, a word from our sponsor. What's up, bruh? It's me, your down-home homie, Patrick McFlanahanery, here again to show you all the goodies I got inside my trench coat. Er, I mean, in my pop-up shop. Yeah, pop-up. What a cool word, pop-up. Whoa. Anywho, step into my pop-up alley over here to the side of the convenience store. Okay, check this out. There was like a meteor or something that crash-landed in my stepdad's backyard the other night. He got all like, hey, Patrick, get off your lazy ass and go see what that noise was. And I was like, no way, you're not my dad. You're just doing my mom because she needs a place for us to stay. And he was like, come here, you little twerp. And I was like, no way, Jose. So I ran into the woods. Well, as it turned out, that meteor or comet or whatever was just sitting there in the middle of some trees that got knocked down. It was like a hunk of rock in a crater with all this steam coming off it and all glowy pink liquid inside. 
like super psychedelic, you know? I puffed on my vape to kind of lean into the vibe, as you do, and that's when some thing crawled out of a crack in the meteor. Now, I'm not saying it was a blue alien from another planet per se, but I'm not not saying it either, you dig? It kind of looked up at me with these big old black eyes and its huge egg-shaped head, and I thought, oh shit, Humpty Dumpty from outer space is gonna eat me! Before I had time to think about it, I'd picked up a broken branch and beat that poor fucker to death. Goop everywhere. Oh man, I must have sat out there smoking for a couple hours, just looking at the dead alien guy. Then I got my idea. Thanks to my stupid stepdad's tractor, I was able to tow that rock and that dead alien guy back to our shed where there's a kiln. I guess my mom's a big fan of ghosts and wanted to do some Demi Moore shit, but she and stepdaddy forgot all about it within three months. Lucky for me, overnight, I was able to burn the pink goop and the dead alien guy into, well, long story short, I got two kinds of rocks you can pack in your pipe. The pink one will get you sky high. I mean, like, really up there, you know? The blue ones chill you out, make you dream funny things like what stars look like through fasted eyeballs. Cool, yeah? Okay, man, how many you need? I got more clientele inside shopping for munchies, so hurry up and pick your poison. And we're back. If that product and their service were made into a big summer blockbuster movie, who would direct it, who would star in it, and what would it be called? Clearly, it would be called... No, that's it. That's it's just a blank space under the poster. That's 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 what it's called. So it's a new level of viral marketing. It would uh, clearly have to star Brian here. It's going to be his first major role, and um, it's going to be directed by um, that one guy who did uh, Ballistic Gel Torso. So clearly, this would be a Michael Bay product starring a Disney hologram of Billy Mays. And it would be called Infomercial Colon Origins. Well, it'd be directed by Jeremy. It'd be called Deciduous 2 Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> and it would star the three of us, Gabe, Matt, and myself. Not unless I get a bigger trailer. I'm not going anywhere. It's a tribute to the Three Stooges. I'm Shemp. I'm Shemp. I'm Shemp. All right, that's the Three Stooges, Shemp, Shemp, and Shemp. Guys, I think it's pretty obvious that John Carpenter would pause his Call of Duty session, put down his game controller, and call Kurt Russell. They would together puff on Marlboros, drink J&B, and shoot the shit, reminiscing about all the cool movies they made together. And that would be the movie. Just the two of them sitting around, talking, drinking, and smoking. It would be called... The Pork Chop Express rides again. I'd watch it. I'm buying the ticket as we speak. I bought mine months ago. I'd pirate it. I'd download a car. Is that why your computers don't work so well? <laughs> what are you saying? Free movies click here.net is not a good website. Now, dear investigators, we play. Case 14, tape 8. The smile is red. Previously on the Lovecraft Tapes. In the dreamlands, not everything is as it appears to be. And there seem to be conflicting forces at work to steer the investigators along two different routes. Marlene Bauman enjoys a sit-down with Roy 
Rocky and Pippa, explaining more about the true intentions of Bugshosh and the hidden nature of Mr. Surtsey's involvement. She clues them in on an alternative method of traversing the portals, suggesting they may be able to elude the ever-watchful gaze of the filler of space. Will the curious marble truly lead them down a back alley to Ulthar? Or are they being led down a garden path? Roy, for some reason, you're not a bit surprised to find yourself inside a coffin. It's beginning to feel almost second nature at this point. A little blasé. Last season's fashion and all that. Doesn't the universe have anything better to do than bore you with these ridiculous scenarios? And what's with the plain pine box? What? You don't deserve a comfy satin-lined casket? You feel your blood beginning to boil as your anger rises. Time to get busy living or get busy dying. Rocky. Oh, bloody hell. This whole walking upright through a portal and ending up on the other side lying flat on a gurney or a bed or a sarcophagus or now a coffin is getting to be, shall we say, old? Maybe the cosmos think this shite is funny, but your sense of humor has never been exactly your strong suit. No, that would be the Anthony Sinclair Grey Glen check suit tucked away in your crouch end secret storage unit. Thankfully... You're not wearing it now because you suspect it might get a little dirty. Now, what to do about this temporary underground imprisonment? Pippa. As a former realtor, you're very aware when to list a tight, cramped apartment or house as intimate or cozy, but you're having a tough time coming up with the right terms for your newfound home in this oblong wooden box. Terms like claustrophobic or mobilizing or fuck fuck get me out of here rise unbidden to the top of your marketing keywords but you're in the process of brainstorming a fresh ad campaign when you hear a sound coming from your left. Is that digging? Yes, something definitely scritching and scratching its way through stone and dirt, slowly heading closer. All right, my friends, in order of decks. So, Roy, what do you want to do? Shoot it. Shoot the coffin. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what I... Nope, I left that behind. Okay. What is it you think you left behind? My titanium spork. You reach for your titanium spork. It's there. This is a dream, by the way. That's true. I'll grasp it and I'll force it into the wood as hard as I can. Give me a raw strength check. I need a 50. I got a 56 as a fail. So you dig your titanium spork into the wood thinking, well, it's just pine box. It's going to give way easily. And instead, your titanium spork goes and is bent. It wasn't real titanium. It was aluminum foil. I'm glad I didn't punch the box. At this stage, I'm going to need you to make a con roll, please. I needed a 6 dig out of 76. That's a fail. Please roll a d6. 5. Pippa, what do you want to do? 
I'm a little bit panicked because I've never been through these situations that they've all been through and have all the experience and how to handle stuff. I'm going to pull out my sickle and I'm going to see if I can put it down by my side and start scraping at the pine to scrape at the top of the coffin. Why don't you give me a dex roll? I need a 65 and roll to 68. All right, go ahead and roll... Con, please. I need a 55 and roll to three. That's extreme. As you use your sickle to try to start digging at the top of the coffin, you realize that the air is in short supply and you start gasping. Rocky. Clearly, I've had training in how to deal with being buried alive. It's a hazard. So the first thing I'm going to do is kind of start running through my meditations and slowing my breathing down. And I'm going to wiggle and kick at each side of the box to try and determine if I'm actually buried or if we're just, you know, sitting out in the open somewhere. Because I need to assess the situation and understand what's happening before I can start making a plan. Why don't you give me a juggling one? I needed a 49, I rolled a 100. That's a fumble. Go ahead and roll a con, please. I needed a 45 and I rolled a 45. That's a success. As you're trying to maneuver inside this relatively narrow coffin and kicking on each side of the the wood, you do get the impression that it is not a well-made coffin by any stretch of the imagination. Your efforts are quickly ridding the space of oxygen. Roy, so you're looking at... Your bent titanium spork, and you realize that you're not even breathing. Your chest is not rising and falling. I'll go ahead and uh, see if I have a heart rate. You do a quick check, and you can't detect any kind of pulse in your neck. Why don't you give me a sanity roll? I need a 40. I got a 20. That's a hard success. As you realize that you have no pulse, no heartbeat, for some reason it doesn't shock you kind of makes sense that you'd be in a coffin to begin with with those conditions i'll just rifle through my pockets make sure everything that i think is there is there anything in mind flare gun yeah you have a flare gun knowing that death has little consequence and i've been burned alive before the worst thing that can happen is i burn alive and re-wake up and if i wake up hopefully i'm above ground i'll shoot the flare gun into the bottom of the box where my feet are go ahead and give me a firearms then shoot away i need a 53 i got a 21 that's a hard success you aim between your feet and firing directly into the base of the coffin and sure enough the flare fires through the wood splinters and burns and explodes dirt starts pouring into the coffin Pippa. I'm going to examine the coffin, moving as slowly as I can, knowing that the oxygen is limited, and see if there's any cracks or like knots in the pine that would reveal what's on the other side of where I'm at. Go ahead, give me a spot hit. I need a 45. I rolled a 60. The coffin is pretty well made in your case. The planks are very tight. You cannot detect anything beyond. And you're starting to gasp for air, so go ahead and roll calm. I need a 55. I rolled a 67. Again, I failed. All right, please roll D6. You take one point of damage as you're gasping away. From here on out, you will no longer roll con. Each round, you will take d6 points of damage rocky pull out the little bronze marble i have she said was the skeleton key i'm going to see if it applies 
to the entirety of the dreamscape or just the portal. So I'm going to pull it out and I'm going to touch it to the top of the lid and I'm going to say open and see if it opens anything like a true skeleton key or if it doesn't do anything and it just shows me where the portals are. I like the idea. So that wasn't the intention, but I'll allow it. Give me a luck roll. Oh, I needed a 57. I rolled a 63. That's a failure. Unfortunately, nothing happens. I'm going to need you to roll a con. You know, true skeleton keys open dirt piles. We're in a dream. Logic need not apply, Gabe. It's my dream. It's the most logical place on Earth. I needed a 45. I rolled a 44. That's a one point better success than last time. You're feeling pretty decent. Roy. Earth is pouring through at the other end of the coffin. It's going to help your restless leg syndrome. Tickles my toes. Do you have RLS? Ask your doctor if being buried alive is right for you. Well, that confirms that I'm actually underground. Sort of turn myself around. Go ahead and give me a dex. I need an 80. I got a 2. That's extreme. Thank God you had that rib removed. (laughs) (laughs) Huh? (laughs) Like a snake. You double over, and now you're head first, diving through the dirt, digging upwards. I want to dig up. Pippa. Realizing that my efforts are fruitless, the panic is starting to set in more and more and more. And I'm just going to start kicking. Hope that my pointy boots can get us through. Go ahead and give me a strength roll, please. I needed a 50. I rolled a 13. That's hard. You're able to, with one swift kick, break the top of the coffin and dirt pours through. Rocky. I'm going to wiggle my gun out. I'm going to line it up with a weak spot in the the lid of the coffin because I noticed earlier that it wasn't particularly well made. And I'm going to put the muzzle right up to it and I'm going to fire. First off, give me a spot hidden. I needed a 66. I rolled a 48. That's a successful spot hidden. Nice. So you've detected where the weak spot in the coffin is. Now I just need you to fire off the gun. Uh, I needed a 78. I rolled a 10. That's an extreme success. And the bullet goes traveling through about four feet of earth. Just as Roy breaches the surface. <sighs> oh, wait, you're not breathing. Yeah, but i it's force of habit. You emerge from your premature grave, crawling out into the open air above ground, breathing in the lush scent of moss and overgrown kudzu. As you stand shakily, the starless sky overhead presses down like a velvet tapestry. Dim shadows begin to take shape on every side, revealing a massive graveyard of tilting headstones and towering crypts. A familiar faint glow appears a hundred yards away at the top of a very familiar church spire. And in roll 20, I have revealed Laplace Memorial Cemetery. Oh, damn, not this place again. You are able to utilize Spot Hidden or Listen, whichever is better for you, to locate others and assist skill checks with a bonus die. Who would you like to attempt to help? Pippa. You going to do Spot Hidden or Listen? Spot Hidden. All right, go ahead and roll. I need a 75. I got a 44. That's a success. Her hand thrusts through the ground into the night air. Thriller! I want to yank her arm as hard as I can. And you haul her out. (sighs) What, are you breathing? You hear something fall to the ground about 20, 30 feet away. It sounds like just something falling onto Earth. Well, let's get out of here. Yeah, let's go to the next portal. (laughs) 
Rocky. I think it's going to be a, just a simple con roll. Uh, I needed a 45. I rolled a 65. That's a failure. Please roll a D6. I rolled a one. All right. So you're going to take one point of asphyxiation damage, but you're able to claw your way through the dirt because you calculate it very accurately. And Roy and Pippa, you see a zombie crawl out of a grave nearby. (laughs) (laughs) I'm about to shoot it. That's got to be Rocky. No, it's the undead. I run over to help. And the two of you uh, pull him out of the... He's gasping a little bit. He looks a little blue around the gills, but... (laughs) Haven't gotten that close to death since training. Question, since you're gasping, do you guys have lungs right now and or a heart? What? Gonna stop for a second to check my pulse. Yeah, you have a pulse. It's actually going pretty rapidly. <laughs> yes, I have a heartbeat, and I'm clearly breathing. My heart's beating out of my chest. Okay, well, I'm dead then. I run over to Roy and see if I can get a pulse. Uh, you don't detect a pulse. Zombie! I pepper spray him in the mouth. Hold him still. I'm gonna put a bullet through his brain. Well, maybe we're getting close. It is your dreams, right? Did you die in this one? I don't know. I don't remember if I had a pulse. What do you remember about this place? Remember, it gave me the creeps, but that's all I'm really willing to delve into with you guys. You do see some other disturbances immediately around you on the ground. And nearby, one of the crypt's stone door crashes to the ground as something emerges from the darkness. Will anybody see a glowing portal anywhere? Roy remembers. In the church, you saw a faint glow in the spire above. In the spire is where you encountered that odd, translucent, tentacled entity that burst through the stained glass. We gotta get to the church, and we gotta not look at anything on the way there. Good idea. Let's go. Chase on foot. Better than in a car. We've made this relatively simple. We have the three of you and three zombies that are emerging all around you. So uh, the first thing, obviously, is we're gonna need everybody to make a con roll. I needed a 45, I rolled a 23, that's a success. I needed a 55, I rolled a 4, that's an extreme. Gabe needed a 60, and he rolled an 11, which is another extreme success. Success is no change to move rate, extreme is plus 1 to move rate. Rocky at a 1, and Pippa at a 2. All participants have one move action, add one move action for every move above slowest participant. Pippa has 2, Roy has 2, Rocky has 1, and so forth. You can spend one move action to move forward 1. You can attack, you can cast a spell, you can perform some other action requiring time. Uh, You can delay until another character acts and you can't push any rolls and if you encountered a hazard then there'd be some sort of skill roll involved roy is actually first in line because he has a better dex than you do well i mean run you have two move actions so you can move one location per move action if you're cautious you can do one location plus one bonus die per additional move action if you're cautious then you get a bonus die in case there's anything else that has to be done i'll be cautious When is Roy ever cautious about anything? You begin to run towards the church spire, trying to make sure that Pippa isn't trailing too far behind. So you nearly miss the quicksand that is just a few feet from you. Uh, There's a part of the swamp which has gone to rot and has become almost liquefied, but you step up to your knees into it 
And I'm going to need a dex roll for you to get out of there. I need an 80. I got a 34. That's a hard success. Nicely done. So you don't even need the bonus die. You immediately pull your leg out and move on to the next location. Pippa. I'm going to move back two spots and chase the zombies. See how they like it for once. Guys, it's okay. I remember the zombies being really slow. Hopefully we're talking like Dawn of the Dead zombies and not 28 Days Later zombies. I'm going to try to keep pace with with Roy. An arm shoots out and grabs at your leg. So I'm going to need you to do a dodge. Wow. Much arm. Very reach. Need a 33, roll the 92. Because you were cautious, you do get a bonus dice, so roll D10. Four. Which unfortunately is still a fail. Go ahead and roll D4. I rolled a one. You take one point of damage as your face slams into the ground. I have three hit points left. Your nose is bleeding and you've chipped a tooth. Rocky, you are up. You have one move. I'm just going to move. A snake slithers out of the underbrush. Tired of these Monday to Friday snakes. I'm going to fight back. Uh, I needed a 41. I rolled a 26. That's a success. I would say that I have a better success. I rolled a 14. So uh, the snake latches onto your shin and does one point of damage. Hopefully it's not poisonous. Uh, You kick it away and move on. It is the zombies move. So they are right behind you. Basically one move away. And uh, we're into the next round. So Roy. I'm going to continue moving cautiously. All right. So you move one. Pippa. Keeping pace. Are you going cautious? Uh, I'm probably going to go a little bit quicker this time just because that freaked the shit out of me. All right. So you move forward a little bit ahead of Roy. Oh, good. I did it. Thanks. And Rocky. I'm moving up. I'm moving up. Moving on up. Zombie moves two. Two zombies are now on par with both of you. And this zombie's slightly back. Top of the round, Roy. I will not move cautiously. All right. Pippa, what are you going to do? Run to stay in front. All right. So you move ahead of Roy, but that was your fatal move because as you get closer, your foot steps into a shallow grave and buries itself in the top of a wooden pine box, much like the one you're in. You see a body within wearing the same clothes you are. Your foot sinks into its midsection. You feel wetness envelop your ankle. I'm going to need you to make a sanity roll. I needed a 60. I rolled a 7. That's an extreme success. So nothing much surprises you anymore in the dreamland. So you pull your foot immediately out of the casket and jump, leaping past Roy towards the church in the distance, which is now much closer. And as I pass Roy, I'm going to be like, really, Roy? Really? It's his dream. Rocky. I'm going to take a turn to plug a shot at the zombie that's just right next to me as we're running. Just shoulder to shoulder. Hey. It's going to fight back. I needed a 78. I rolled a 32, which is a hard success for 10 points of damage. And I needed a 30, rolled a 43. So that is a fail to attack you back. You shoot it and blow part of its head off. But the brainstem is still there, bobbling in what remains of its face. Intact and still somehow motivating it. It is the zombie's turn, and it's going to attack you. What would you like to do? So uh, you can defend against one of them, but not both of them. I'm just going to take a shot at the one that's attacking me again, try and wipe him out. So fight back on that guy? Uh, I needed a 78. I rolled a 6. That is an extreme success for four points of damage. I needed a 30. I rolled a 95, so that was a 
failure. Describe what that looks like when you kill this zombie. So I pull the first shot off. I look over expecting him to drop only to see him still standing there. I'm going to have a moment where I'm going to slap my forehead. Like, of course, the brainstem. How silly of me. And I'm going to just reach over and into his head, point my gun straight at his brainstem and pull the trigger. Indeed, you see the gore flop on the ground and spatter his companion. The body falls a lifeless husk at your feet. But the companion does indeed step forward and try to bite you. And you cannot defend against this, so we'll see what happens. He's like, here's my neck. Just get in there. I need a 30, roll a 37. That is a failure. So a little bit of the gore got into its eyeball that barely functions. He caught his friend on the way down and ended up grabbing him instead. <clears throat> so we're at the top of the round, and it's Roy. Too forward. Too forward. So you're going to go pell-mell, much like Pippa. Race forward and discover that there is a bear trap hidden it looks like someone had set a trap to maybe catch possum or raccoons but it is essentially a bear trap i'm gonna need you to make a jump roll i need a 20 i got a 39 the bear trap snaps for one point on your foot you see no blood you feel no pain you're actually caught in the trap right now okay Pippa. Gonna move forward one and try to help get him out of that. So I'm gonna reach down with my hands and try to pry it apart with my hands to see if I can get it to separate enough to get his foot out. Go ahead and make a string. I needed a 50. I rolled a 64. I failed. It actually starts to pry apart and then clamp shut. Go ahead and give me a dex roll. I needed a 65. Rolled a 97. That's a fail as well. It snapped shut on your hand and his foot. You need to take one point of damage and you are now also being held. Wow. Ha <laughs> ha, losers. Rocky, it's your turn. I'm moving forward one. Trust no one, help no one. So zombie number two moves forward one and attacks you. You are no longer outnumbered. I'm still feeling pretty good at this point, so I'm going to I'm gonna go for another shot at this guy. I need a 30, roll a 30. I needed a 78. I rolled a 12 for an extreme success and 10 points of damage. And you shoot, but unfortunately you hit directly in the bridge of the nose, and the whole face just parts, and there's only the brain still left with the eyes sort of askew and hanging down. Talking like Mars attacks aliens with the brain. Ack, and ack, the- ack, 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 ack. <laughs> It's still standing. The other zombie moves forward one. Roy, you're connected at the hip to Pippa. I could have just kind of walked with the bear trap if there wasn't someone's freaking hand I'm sorry, I tried to help, but this hurts. I'll shoot the chain. Go ahead and give me a firearms. 53, I got a one. That's a critical. You aim your shot at the chain. It hits the chain, snaps it from its moorings, ricochets, and opens the trap. (laughs) You're welcome. Uh, You do have one more move action. Forward. You get to the church. And you step in another bear trap. Pippa. I'm going to move to the finish line and get my Gatorade. And Rocky, you're up. I'm going to move forward again. I'm feeling pretty good at my my defensiveness. I've I've been doing pretty well so far. So zombie moves up next to you and attacks. I'm gonna I'm gonna just keep doing what I've been doing because it's been working so far. Go ahead and roll. Oh, I needed a seventy. I rolled a ninety six. That's my first failure. All right, I need a thirty. Roll a seventy three. That is also a failure. So a wash there. Zombie number three moves up. Rocky, your turn. You know what? I've had enough, and I'm just going to try and shoot him again. And he, he's obviously just going to 
fight back. I needed a 78. I rolled a 61, which is a success for six points of damage. Needed a 30, rolled a 46. That's a fail. So describe what happens when you kill this one. Bad zombie. And I'm going to line up the brainstem and pull the trigger. Gray matter raining down. Now it is a zombie. Actually, he catches up to you. So he's on the same level as you. Uh, Your turn. Move one forward. And as I am, I'm going to go, Roy, I have one coming in on me. Some help would be appreciated. (sighs) As you move forward and yell that, uh, you attracted the attention of a raccoon, which leaps from the top of a crypt and is aiming for your head. I'm going to need you to make a dodge, please. You hear faintly, parkour! I needed a 36. I rolled a 75. That's a failure. The raccoon lands directly on your head and just begins mauling your face. Ah! Oh, God! Get it off! No! Bad raccoon! No! You sustained four points of damage as it tears into the back of your nape, and it runs off as the zombie moves forward on par with you, licking its lips, the gray tongue sliding out of its mouth. Don't you dare. And it's your turn. Move forward. And it, too, will move forward. Your turn. I'm going to move forward one more, so I'm caught up with everyone. You race up to the front of the church. And, Roy, you remember that the last time you saw this church, the doors were barricaded with a bunch of barrels and wooden beams. But this time around, the doors are completely accessible. And you see Rocky and Pippa racing up toward you and a zombie close behind. I'll swing the door and push everyone in. Thankfully, once inside, the sanctity of the church is kept secure by means of a sturdy steel reinforced wooden beam. You bar the door against the onslaught of undead outside, hearing more of them coming closer. Then turn your attention to the interior. Cobwebs hang in dusty strands everywhere, looping down from unlit wrought iron chandeliers to rickety pews that lead up to a raised dais at the far end. A statue stands in shadow behind the pulpit, looming like a vague specter in the gloom, turned away from you as if observing the faded fresco on the back wall. A narrow staircase ascends to upper chambers. Let's hit the stairs. Do you know where we're supposed to be going? It's got to be at the top. I saw it glowing. Okay, let's go. Each of you give me a spot. I need a 45. I rolled a 15. That's hard. I needed a 66. I rolled a 22, which is also a hard success. I needed a 75. I got a 56. It's just a normal loser success. In what order are you going up the steps? I'll lead. I'll be in the middle. I'll bring up the rear. Roy leads up the stairs, beckoning, and Pippa is close behind, but Pippa is very curious, not having seen this place before. Expects to see the profile of Jesus on the large statue, but it's not. It does have a familiar profile, but you can't quite place it in the gloom. Rocky in the tail end is also casting a glance around and sees that the faded fresco on that back wall behind the pulpit appears to be a depiction of the Last Supper, but something about it just doesn't look exactly right. Different colors to the robes or something, it it doesn't jibe with what your memory of the Last Supper is. And the painted mosaic is so faded that it's hard to tell anyways. Rocky... 
Who is that a statue of? I thought it'd be, be in a church. I thought it'd be Jesus. Do I recognize who the statue is? Not from where you're at. Looks like a statue to me. I'm not quite sure who they would put on there. I mean, we'd have to get a closer look. It's already been crazy enough. Let's keep moving. Roy, as you continue up to what you know is the spire, the bell tower of the church, you begin to feel a bit of vertigo. It feels as though the staircase is beginning to sway. Even more importantly, it feels as though the top of the stairs is going up and then going down. You feel a sinking and rising sensation as you continue upward. M.C. Escher controls this church, and I'll sort of hug the wall to stabilize myself. Pippa and Rocky, you do also begin to feel this sensation as you get further and further up. Guys, we need to pick up the pace. I'm not feeling so good. Well, I mean, we can't be far from the top. How tall could this thing possibly be? I remember it being 35 stories tall. Cue the Benny Hill theme. (laughs) (laughs) After just a few more turns of the staircase, you come to the top. And instead of an open-air entry into the bell tower or a door is what you remember from last time. The ceiling is planked overhead and a metallic hatch has been installed. And it's one of those old time hatches that has a, almost like a submarine hatch, a valve hatch. It's gotta be past this valve and I'll untwist. You crank the valve open and push it up and you are thrust through the hatch opening Gravity unexpectedly reversed. With a grunt, you land on a hard, wet surface. The breath slapped from your lungs. As you gasp, wincing with pain, a cold, hard rain pummels you from above, causing you to shiver. The horizon seesaws, And now you know where you've landed. On the deck of a ship. As if in agreement, the bow tips downward and a wave of salt water drenches you. Tune in next time as we play another reel of the Lovecraft Tapes. We finally got a boober, guys! And all of a sudden, we're fishing for crab in Alaska. Roy once spent an evening watching too much crab fishing shows on Discovery. We're going to be stuck in an episode of Deadliest Catch. I need to get some health back. I have the utmost certainty that I can do anything I want and it will succeed. That's my take from all this. It's my reality. It's Roy's reality. It's like the Truman Show, but I'm the star and the director. Guys, it's time for some hashtag recommendos where we share some of our geeky obsessions. Matt, start us up. Today, I am bringing to you a very nice game called Mini Motorways, a strategy simulation puzzle game where you are the designer for a growing city. And it's up to you to, as the city grows, place roads between the houses that show up and the the corresponding businesses that they want to get to. So it starts out easy. You know, you have, oh, you have a blue house over here and you have a blue building over here. So you connect that and you see the cars back and forth 
and then you get a couple more, and then eventually they start adding other colors in. So now you have to make sure that the blue cars can get to the blue building while the yellow cars can now get to the yellow building. So as it goes, it just builds and builds, and you get more colors, and then eventually you get access to things like uh, tunnels and freeways and roundabouts and stoplights, and it becomes this frantic build to try and help keep traffic from from jamming up, because your goal is to get as many cars from their house to their building and back as possible. And if you let those buildings sit for too long without getting anybody, that's that's your game over state. So it starts out really simple and really easy, and it becomes this frantic, fast-paced, you know, how do I relieve congestion over here, and people are piling up over here, and if I build a freeway from A to B, is that really going to help at all? There's a lot of, of complexity once you get up into the higher scores, and it's, it's a lot of fun. And what's nice about it is it's the kind of game that you can jump in for a game or two and jump back out. There's no continuing story. There's no need to remember where you were last time. And it's simple enough that if you drop it for a while and you come back, it's still there for you. If you like puzzle games that are, you know, a little more on the frantic side at times and you're looking for something new, Mini Motorways is a really good time. Thank you, Matt. And Gabe, you are up next. I'm going to recommend a very simple game. It's called Iron Lung. Just about the scariest game I've played in years. Like, it's actually a good horror game. By Dave Shemansky, who who made Squirrel Stapler, which is a uh, side recommendo, but not for everyone, so not a full recommendo. So the premise of this game is that you're in the future. There's an ocean of blood on the moon. They send you in this very rinky-dink old submarine to gather information about it. The whole premise of the game falls in the movement mechanics. You are controlling the submarine, but you can't see what's around you. The only way you can see anything is through a radar, and then there's a picture function where you can take a picture of what's directly next to your submarine. And some of those pictures, it's a very grainy picture, and that's where a lot of the horror comes in, is just what's going to come next, and the sound design on the game is fantastic and it's not for everyone it's definitely a game for a more patient player who doesn't mind being like creeped out by the setting more than anything because that's really what the where the game lies there's also some data logs so you can kind of delve into the lore of the world that was created but it's very simple you follow the path and take the pictures and potentially get scared by what's happening until you eventually find what you're looking for and probably took me an hour and a half or so to beat it's fairly quick i played it for about an hour and a half but i explored the lore and used some functions to look around the stuff that you can't explore from the iron lung and i probably did that for about eight hours if you really get into it there's a lot there for you it's definitely not a game with a lot of replayability but it's also very very cheap you can get it on steam i was able to run it on my garbage work computer so you know it's very simple very old school game very scary if you like that kind of thing definitely worth looking into all right thank you gabe i'm up next and i'm going to recommend something i had never knew about director toby hooper has brought us horror film fans many instant classics, including, obviously, The Texas Chainsaw Massacre, Eaten Alive, Salem's Lot, The Fun House, Poltergeist, Life Force, and Invaders from Mars. After the boon of 80s scare flicks, however, Hooper's output became less reliable or marketable until he sadly died in 2017. So imagine my surprise when I queued up Mortuary 
from 2005 and found a fairly solid, competent directorial effort from him that even includes some Lovecraftian references. This movie has Hooper's signature style written all over it, from grimy locations to quirky characters to a wry, dark sense of humor. It tells the tale of a recently widowed mother, played by Pet Cemetery's Denise Crosby, who has decided to become a mortician and purchases an old ramshackle mortuary. Uh, she's dragged along her teenage son and young daughter, and the three of them think they're on a grand adventure to build a new life. Well, that is, until they hear the legend of Bobby Fowler, the hideous, cleft palate boy. It sounds like almost any other Killer on the Walls plotline, but there is a secret that goes far beyond the mundane hack and slash. Sure, it's pretty flawed, but the characters are they're interesting, but they're kind of stocked too, so it runs the gamut. Uh, the action is kind of predictable, and it doesn't quite stick the landing, but it has a certain charm that many Toby Hooper projects exude, and Crosby is clearly having a great time with her character's arc. So if you want a dumb, fun monster mash, check out Mortuary. All right, Brian, finish us off here, baby. Happy Gilmore, the old classic from Adam Sandler. It's one of the rare movies from the 90s that you can still watch today and don't cringe at because it, it doesn't have like the racism, the the name calling, the bullying. There none of that was in there, which I was surprised by. I was expecting to see that and it's been a while since I've watched the movie. It was a lot of fun. It's uh, about a horrible hockey player who has never been put onto a team cuz he just can't skate, discovers that he can drive golf balls very far and is picked up by a pro at a golf course and he's trying to get into playing the pro-am tour so he can win money to save his grandmother's house that got foreclosed on by the government for tax not paying taxes so the whole thing is him going through acting like a hockey player but playing golf and there's tons of cameos bob barker's in it all famous golfers are in it everybody puts in a great performance it's funny it's quick it's witty so everybody should check it out it's called happy gilmore all right thanks Brian. and that's going to do it for this episode of lovecraft takes thank you for listening Please subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer. If you like what you hear, please write us a review. Meanwhile, you can find us at lovecrafttapes.com with links to our hashtag recommendos and social media channels, including Reddit, YouTube, and our Discord server where you can chat with us in real time. You can find me on Twitter at lovecrafttapes. And if anybody wants any tips on how to shoot really well when you're playing a uh, tabletop RPG, I got you covered. Just uh, just come at me on Twitter at the real weird kid. And if anyone wants to see me beat the shit out of Bob Barker, you can find me at Lovecraft Game. The price is wrong, bitch. You can uh, reach out to me at Brian Podcast. Until next time, roll for premature burial. I think there's a pill to help with that. The Lovecraft Tapes podcast is copyright 2022. For more information and sponsorship opportunities, please send email to podcast at thelovecrafttapes.com. Support the Lovecraft Tapes podcast and get access to exclusive content and rewards at patreon.com slash lovecrafttapes.